Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. If you would like more information about our church, please visit www.fbcottawa.org. By way of stating the real this morning, uh, my own experience in worship, the combination of the final verse of how great thou art when Christ shall come with shouts of acclamation and the reading from 2 Timothy was just about too much and tipped me over the edge. Um, as for me, I'm already being poured out as a libation. The time for my departure has come. Those verses were read over my dad more than once in his last hours. And then the awareness of the mystery of whatever is beyond in the state of paradise of when Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and takes me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Something indeed about death makes us so tender towards life. In the gospel reading today, we have two men who go up to the temple to pray. Well, we have two that are going to the right place to do the right thing, right? They're, they're going to the temple. They're going to the house of the Lord. They're going to meet with God, and they are going to pray. We find two very diverse characters, of course. We have, we have a Pharisee who would have been very acquainted with the temple and temple practices, very acquainted with the scriptures of the day, with the Torah, with the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible, with all of the law that's built around it. They would have been familiar, likely, with the Mishnah and all kinds of things, just the, all the things to keep God's law. I mean, they, the, this Pharisee would have been a Psalm 119 guy. You know, I, the, the, I have the, the law of the Lord written on my heart that I might not sin against God. The, this Pharisee is a scripture-loving, Bible-reading, synagogue-going, church-going, law-abiding citizen, seeking to please God, hoping that everybody else would please God, and this Pharisee goes to the temple to pray. This Pharisee is a good citizen. We want them to be our neighbor. We, we, have, we, we want them to be on our church boards and leadership because they are good people and they really know the Bible. And then there's a tax collector. Then there's a tax collector. Couldn't be more different. The tax collector is in collusion with the empire, the Roman empire. The tax collector is, is one who makes his living by extortion. The tax collector is not only on the wrong side, but he makes his money by cheating you and me, by telling us we owe more than we owe. And the more he can convince us that we owe, the more he gets to line his pockets. And so he is an extortionist for the empire. Like, man, he is one who's waiting for the return of the Jedi. He's going to get his. <laughs> He's going to get his. 
They couldn't be more different, it seems, and they go into the temple to pray, and their prayers couldn't be more different as well. The Pharisee goes in and has many things to say. The Pharisee has many things to say about, well, about himself. The Pharisee has things to say about his religious observance, how he fasts twice a week. Well, he was only required to fast on the Day of Atonement, or maybe one, but he fasts twice a week. And he, he makes a point to say that he, he gives a tenth he, of all of his income, all, capitalizing all. He's not excluding anything. So he, did I say that we like Pharisees like this on our church boards and leadership, like he gives his money? <laughs> huh? And he gives his time, and he fasts, he has religious observance. Like, I can hear the squeaky and the squeaky clean of the Pharisee, at least on the outside. At least on the outside. But then he prays, and he prays, I thank you, God, that I am not like other people. And he names categories of other people, and including the tax collector who is standing far off and whose prayer is very different. The tax collector apparently recognizes his station in life and that he is not a favored one and not a favored soul and he stands far off and he says lord be merciful to me a sinner lord be merciful to me a sinner the basis of the tax collector's prayer is is become known in many circles, in the contemplative circles, as the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. Reminding us of, of so many things that are important, that, that Jesus is Lord, and that, that he is one who is indeed merciful, and sometimes that's our only cry. When life is hard, when life challenges us when we feel like we have fallen short or we are less than or even when we feel like maybe we are good we would do well to remember lord jesus christ be merciful to me a sinner jesus gives the response that the one who came in dressed in the fine the package that looked clean jordan <laughs> The one, the one who, who looked like he had it all together did not seem to go home justified. Jesus says, which one of these two goes home justified? The tax collector. A tax collector set right with God? Are you kidding me? A tax collector could not, by definition, be set right with God. He's on the wrong team. Something about his humility, something about his disposition has him justified. But now let's peel this onion a bit deeper. Let, let's, let's peel it a little bit more. Hopefully by the time we finish peeling the onion, we might all be to somewhere towards the point of tears today. Of one kind or another. First off, let's notice that Jesus says, justified in that moment justified set right with god whose heart was in in concert in harmony with god's heart in that moment well it was a tax collector who can acknowledge who god is and sees sees god as greater than he and sees himself as humble before god 
So his heart is in the right disposition before God. The Pharisee's disposition before God seems to be more about the Pharisee than about God. Notice that it it doesn't talk about who is saved eternally. It doesn't say who is loved and who's not loved. It just who's justified in this moment. Who who seems to be have the right disposition whose whose heart is connected with God right now? Well, the one who humbles himself will be exalted, and the one who exalts himself will be humbled. As I look at this story that Jesus tells, I I wonder what what kind of perspective does it take? What kind of theologizing? What kind of wondering? What kind of What kind of principles would allow us to see both people as embraced by God? What do they both need when they go into the temple to pray? In light of who they were when they went in and in light of what they prayed, what do they need? It seems to me that the Pharisee needs to have a bit of a Damascus Road encounter. It seems to me that the Pharisee, notice we read from Paul's letter this morning in Timothy, and Paul is is frequently one to say something like, "Follow, follow me as I follow Christ. Which seems a little counterintuitive to the to the the one who exalts himself will be humbled, and yet Paul himself. He had to have an encounter of the one who was greater. He had to have an encounter on the Damascus Road of the one that he was persecuting. He had to have an encounter to discover that his way of righteousness, his way of obeying the law, his way of studying, his way of being good in the world was not all there was. In fact... In fact, Paul had to discover the majesty of the Lord Jesus Christ to where, while it doesn't exactly say this in in Acts when he has that Damascus Road encounter, but he may as well have said, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner, when he is blinded on that Damascus Road. You see, we have before us the wondering of both actually are loved. Diana Butler Bass in her book, Freeing Jesus, writes about this parable and she was getting ready to teach and she tells the story of saying, asking the question to children in a children's type sermon about the Pharisee and the tax collector. And and the question is asked of the Pharisee and the tax collector, which of these two persons does God love? And a child quickly says, both of them. Both of them. You see, for the Pharisee, even Paul, or Saul on the road to Damascus, the Pharisee on the road to Damascus is encountered by the Lord Jesus Christ in a way that allows him to experience the humility necessary to come before God with the right heart, filled with need and wonder and awe and worship and belovedness. And the tax collector is encountered by God with tender mercy, God who is slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, God who will will not remember our sins but will cast them as far as the east is from the west, God who blots out our transgressions and remembers them no more. The, the, The tax collector encounters a merciful, forgiving God who says, you have a seat at the table. 
The, the Pharisee has to encounter a God who is, who is so much grand and majesty, the God of creation and the God of creation that would humble us. The Pharisee has to encounter even the God that Job encounters. If you remember the story of Job, where Job insists upon his righteousness, and in that he was correct, but his attitude remained just a bit, just a bit, where God still had to correct him in the end. If you've read the end of the book of Job, God says, were you there, Job? when I set the stars in the heavens and, and when, when I'm the one that, that, that created the seas and all that swims in them in, in Levite, were you there? Job, do you know, were you, are you aware that I'm the God that made all these things happen? So until the Pharisee can encounter the majesty of God in a way that that one is humbled, and until the broken one can encounter the merciful love of God until they know they have a seat at the table, then we have separation from God. Which one of these two does God love? Both of them. Both of them. Here's the dangerous thing. Here's the dangerous thing. We read this story that Jesus tells and we automatically, we automatically gravitate towards, well, I must, I must be the tax collector in this story. I mean, we don't really want to be tax collectors. We don't really want to be collecting, extorting people for, uh, for the enemy, whoever the enemy may be. We don't really want to be in the role of a tax collector. We don't really want to be looked down upon. But we, come on, be honest with yourself. Don't we read this story and say, okay, cool, I'm humbled, I'm nobody, I'm nothing special, I'm the tax collector, I'm justified with God, move on, I'm glad I'm not a Pharisee. See what we just did? We just reversed it. I'm glad I'm not like this Pharisee. And Luke clues us in that it's really written not so much for us to read ourselves into the place of the Pharisee, but to read ourselves, I mean, to the place of the tax collector, but to read ourselves into the place of the Pharisee because that's the one that needed the message in this particular story. So here's the danger. If we can get real serious and real difficult just for a moment. Potentially in the church around the world, but I, I'm not going to speak for the church around the world as much as the church in America. There's a lot of pharisaical contempt in the American church. What do I mean? There's a lot of othering in the American church in the name of Jesus, God forbid. There, there's, there's a lot. I'm not even going to announce necessarily what people say, but think about the categories. This Pharisee has, I'm glad I'm not like. We all have categories of people that we walk into the temple to pray and say, God, I'm glad I'm not like. The fundamentalists are glad they're not like. The progressives are glad they're not like. And, and, and it's not just categories. You know, the Republicans are glad they're not like. The Democrats are glad they're not like. 
It's not just categories, though. There's that word even in the gospel here, contempt. That's the one. That's the one that's dangerous. Going into the temple to pray and praying to God with contempt in our heart for people that we're glad we're not like. When the very nature of God who so loved the world that he gave, that we are all to be embraced under the, in, the, in the same embrace, as difficult as that may be. The Pharisee and the tax collector are in the temple to pray, and they are both loved by the same God. So whenever we walk into the temple with contempt in our heart, we are fomenting a dangerous division that has Jesus' name, idolatry, assigned to it. We must humbly repent. We have, in the American church, we have gone and we have tried to sanctify our divisions. We've tried to have God sign off on those that we other, and we want God to agree with us. That's a hard message because surely you and I know that there are some people that are just wrong. There's a part of me that really doesn't like what I'm saying. <laughs> now, we can ask the Holy Spirit to give us discernment about our way and our heart and our mind. But dare we trust the wisdom and the love of God to entrust the minds and hearts of others? Hmm? Oh, we're called to be at the table and to have conversation and to listen and to seek to understand. But beware the contempt that hides within. Beware the contempt that we seek to sanctify. Beware of the contempt and the pride and the othering that we seek to have Jesus approve. Because Jesus just may tell us a story like this one. And he'll have us as the anti-hero. And the very people that we want to push aside as the ones who cry out for mercy and goes home justified. So, back to that child that responds to the question, who in this story does Jesus love? Both of them. Both of them. For the tax collector, You know, a tax collector kind of like Matthew, Levi. For the tax collector, Jesus says, come and dine with me. I'll wash your feet and hand you the cup and the bread. And for the Pharisee, 
Jesus says, I'll shine a light so bright that you can't help but be blinded and humbled until you recognize that the very people that you have contempt for are the people in whom I dwell in particular. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on us all. That Jesus prayer Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It starts with acknowledging our humility before a loving and holy God. Now, I don't believe that that Jesus prayer is meant for us to walk around saying we are awful and we're terrible and we were created horrible. No, we were created very good, but we've all messed up pretty good too, huh? We've messed up ourselves. We've messed up the world. We've not done a great job. There's a difference in saying we were created as worms or we were created very good and then we messed up. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. And so there, there are days when I and you, I would offer that as our prayer, the Jesus prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. But there are days of tenderness and brokenness and division. Days of feeling separated from God, days of feeling so low, maybe like this tax collector, that maybe the tag on our prayers, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, your beloved child. When we can learn to pray both, we are journeying with the God of steadfast love and mercy, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God. Have mercy. Let us pray. Oh God, uh, prayer today is simple and direct. By your very beautiful, holy, all-encompassing, never-ending love, Deliver us from contempt that we might see your great love for all that we might walk in humility. Amen and amen. Thank you for listening to the First Baptist Church podcast. We invite you to worship with us every Sunday morning at 9.30 in Ottawa, Kansas. You can find more information about our church at www.fbcottawa.org.